Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest podcast in the history of the world. And if you don't believe me, just ask this guy who I'm sitting next to virtually. Uh, he is funny. He is magical. He is amazing. He is the incredible Paul Kilmer. How are you doing, Paul? Hi, Sam. I'm doing okay. How are you? Uh, you know what? When I used to work at the hotel and I said, how was your stay? And people would come, you know, and say what they would say. Oh, it was okay. My response was, well, that's better than terrible. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, you you can't really hope for anything more. I mean, great, great would be better. You know. <laughs> yeah. But okay, it's average on the scale. You know, it means things could be better. They could also be worse. I also am doing pretty okay. Well, that's good. How's the... Um... How is the uh, um, comedy club going? I love it, Paul. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, this weekend, uh, I work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We did nine shows. And the comedian was, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, um, but he is pretty famous. His name is D-Ray Davis. Oh, I, well, I, I've never heard of him, but if he's headlining the... Uh, uh, comedy store. Not the, the I mean, store. The Tommy T's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did nine shows. It was incredible, Paul. It sounds like it. I'm uh, I'm happy because I remember when you weren't doing it, you were kind of like, oh man, you know, live entertainment is coming back and. You know, I think we're going to enter a golden age of people just wanting to get out there and doing stuff. Yeah, I agree. I, I, uh, I'm i not going to say the date on the show right now, but I, I have a show on the calendar at my club. And we're going to be doing an in-person show uh, in July. I'm super excited. Hey, man. And that's how it starts. It's going to be the hypothetical comedy two-year anniversary show. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, in person. Yep, I'm vaccinated, kind of, and uh, yeah, life's going pretty well. How are things been with you, Paul? How's 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 life? Uh, things are going great. I I'm staying too busy. I'm trying not to overwhelm myself. But you're still uh, being an individual with autism. I have a tendency to take on more uh, than I should. You know take what? On. I don't have autism. I see. Not that I know of. I don't think I do. But I also take on more than I can handle. I, I don't think that's necessarily an autism thing. I think it's just an ambitious human being. Yeah, I just I try and do as much as I can, and try and make sure I'm also paying attention to my mental health because. A lot of people don't pay attention to their mental health, and they end up having, um, they end up having like a like like a breakdown. So yeah, I think I feel like I've gone through like a, a breakdown or two in the last year. Well, I think it has been so hard for people, especially like because you know we're we're performers. You know, we need to be up in front of an audience and you know thank god we've 
figured out how to use Zoom because that that really um, that really helps. You know, it, it kept, basically kept me sane. Yeah, me too. You know, before March of 2020, I never even heard of Zoom. What? <laughs> yeah. It was like, hey, you want to Zoom? I'm like, yeah, Zoom your ass on out of here. Oh, fucking burned him. I did, I did, yeah. Hey, so, Paul, uh, I hear that you're doing some shows, uh, virtual and in-person. How, how are those going? Do you have any fun stories from uh, any in-person shows or anything? Um, I did my first um, magic show, kids show, uh, last weekend. Congratulations. Uh, it, was, it was so nice to be in front of a group of kids. They were so happy. Uh, it was a complete surprise. The mom didn't say anything. And the, I basically showed up in the backyard with a giant balloon animal. And the lady, the, the kid, the, the, the response was perfect and justified. Who are you? <laughs> yeah, who are I'm you? Like, it's me, Paul. I brought this balloon for you. They told me it was your birthday. I'm going to do a show for you. And the kids are so excited. And I can't believe that, like, it, I've been doing so much Zoom. Um, I've been doing so much Zoom shows. Like, for me, it translated right into the real world. The kids had something to say. Boom, I was right there with a, I had this little, I had this one uh, little boy in the, <laughs> in the front row and he he's like I know how that's done and I was like me too we're best friends now and every <laughs> single every single time he said something I I was there and I was entertaining the the the, the audience and the kids and I I thought that was really funny I, th I really thought that was fun because people were like oh well you know we just thought you were a kids magician and I'm like no I'm a all people magician yeah one thing that's really cool about you Paul is you can entertain adults and children in a, in a way that's clean but also really good and entertaining and funny well you know and that's the thing because I do so much, I do so much, um, I think I, I think I do so much performing that to me, it doesn't, um, I guess what it is, is, uh, I, I do so much performing that to me, it's all the same thing. It's not different. So yeah. There's no difference for me doing a magic show and then doing like five minutes in an open mic. To me, it's all the same thing. Yeah, because you're fairly clean when it comes to just even comedy in front of adults, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, that's the thing about me is I'm not like, I guess, you know, the word I'm looking for is blue. I don't, I, there's nothing against that style of comedy. Yeah, I actually. It works for who it works for. Yeah. It's, a, it's an art form, just like any other part of comedy. 
but it's not who I am in my real life. And I think if I were to do it, it would come off unnatural. That makes sense. Um, and I want to be the most natural Paul I can be. Or else it's appalling. I know. Oh, with the puns. Puntastic. Yeah, puntastic. Hell yeah. yeah. That's cool. Um, how, are, how are other shows that going for you? Oh, the Zoom stuff is going weird. Uh, the Zoom stuff is going really well. Um, um, we, you know, I've been just just showing up on um, <laughs> people's Zooms. And making people disappear. <laughs> well, making myself disappear. <laughs> I don't need to make I don't need to make anybody else disappear. I'll, I, uh, I really like um because you know you do the paper bag magic. I almost said comedy, but it's magic. You do the paper bag magic, and I've noticed recently that I've seen you and your bag, your paper bag says Palmer. <laughs> yeah. Uh bless you. Um oh, thank you. The, the, uh, the thing about it is is I am always looking for new gags and the pole mart thing came out of the fact that i would go it started with there's this style of magic called paper bag magic and th that's i just made that up that doesn't exist paper bag magic does not exist i, I I don't understand sarcasm, but um, no, 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 no. I'm not being sarcastic at all. Like you've yeah. always like since I've known you, you've always like I do this paper bag magic, and I thought it was like a thing. I thought it, like there was yeah. like a long history of paper bag magic. Well, I I'm really good at um, essentially destroying people, uh, destroying people's. Um, uh, I, I essentially lie to them. <laughs> and uh you know that and that's the thing about it you know a lot of comedians will write jokes uh, uh set up in a punchline set up i work with more of a concept yeah so yeah that's true you know the whole point about you know me showing up and doing comedy magic is i wanted to tackle stereotypes like oh um, because he's doing magic, he must not be funny, or uh, he's a really, um, he's a good magician, but he's not funny, or he's a bad magician, and that's why he does comedy. I love those stereotypes, and I talk about that in my comedy, but I like to create scenarios. It's like, I'm, there's a guy in the 20s named Thomas Fulgarelli who only did magic with paper bags. <laughs> and um, no one does this anymore, but I'm bringing it back. And I have like seven, I started off with one trick using a paper bag. And now I have like 37 routines that involve a paper bag. And um, it kind of got out of control because I've had some of my magician friends call me up. It's like, yeah, I tried to... Uh, I tried to Google Thomas Fulgarelli. It's like, yeah, he doesn't exist. 
<laughs> sure Thomas Falgarelli exists somewhere in the world, but he's not from the 20s. And he never, I created paper bag magic. Oh, wow, um, Paul. That's pretty amazing. You don't give yourself enough credit for that because there like, are I other really magicians. It was, I really thought it was a thing. There are other magicians who d- do magic with paper bags, but the concept of it being its own um, genre, I guess. Genre of magic is it, also, it's kind of like, Another thing I work on, and I don't do as much as all, it's like, we're going to pretend that you and -and so-and-so, my favorite thing to play with is, I've been with Rebecca for 17 years, and I miss the whole Tinder thing. Me too. Tinder Tinder is this just like, I don't know anything about it, so I'm going to create material. And I says, it's like, we're going to pretend you guys are at the Olive Garden, and I'll pick two people, and it's like, I walk up to you and you automatically think I'm the manager, but I'm not, I'm going to do some magic for you and you don't want to see it. Well, we're going to do it anyway. I, 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 I really love those stereotypes because one of the, the thing about zoom is, is that like, I usually do that routine. If I'm in a restaurant performing, I have to create that scenario. It's like, um, like when I'm doing my Rubik's cube in the Rubik's cubes, the Rubik's cube trick, um, I do I love, I love that trick, um, is really fun for me to do because for me is yes, I can solve a Rubik's cube, but the point of a Rubik's cube for me is to just mix it up. It's like a fidget spinner to me. I'm never looking to actually solve it. I'm just looking to move the pieces around. So I went out there and I find I found a trick that allows me to instantly solve the cube. And then that's how the whole Paul Mart thing came as is uh, Brianna Woodward. She's an amazing graphic designer, photographer, stand-up comedian. She's been on all the Zooms, but I says, it's like, Brianna, I want to create a Paul Mart bag. Well, Paul, um, prior to the Paul Mart bag, you would present your paper bag magic uh, in a Walgreens bag. Yeah. W-A-L from the Walgreens would be crossed out. It would say Paul Greens. I know. And um, that's where it came from because I wanted to, you know, brand that um, particular um, thing. And it's so funny because it's like a lot of people are like, oh, well, aren't you afraid of, you know, Walmart coming after you. And I'm like, it's a, it's a parody. It's uh They can't come after you for parody. No, but it's just like, I've even had people who work at, um, I've had people who are working at Walmart want a Walmart bag to just confuse. <laughs> the people at Walmart and I was like listen they go through enough stuff let's so, not let's just so paper bag magic um is your thing you've done that so if, if paper bag magic didn't exist in the, in the first place how do you come up with your tricks do you I mean without giving away too much of course do well, you just create these tricks or do you like do you modify them to work in a paper bag so basically what it is, is that there are tricks out there 
in the magic fraternity um, that already exist and that you do with a paper bag. What I just did is made it my thing. Okay. okay. Like there are very few, like I would say that my biggest contribute, uh, contribute, my biggest, the biggest thing I contributed to it was making it into a big routine and um give it a big spotlight yeah because to me i love coming up with the gags yeah i can buy a trick but it's taking that trick and making my own and making um making the um uh um making it my own and trying to um figure out like okay how am i going to make this room for for a room of like jaded comedians who you know (laughs) i uh you know it's just like what it is is like okay so the paper bag magic started out as a concept i had a bunch of tricks that involved paper bags so i i said it's like okay there's this guy in the 20s who created this entire genre of magic and it was terrible. So it just died out. But what here's me in 2021, I'm bringing it back, but I'm not bringing it back. It, and I even say it's like, it wasn't good then and it's not good now. And, um, you know, it's kind of, I kind of, I tell people all the time that, you know, you know, you, you have to create I always tell like when I, when I'm teaching physical comedy and I, and I'm trying to uh, show, show my students, it's like when you, like you have a series of jokes that are in a theme, it's like, well, you, you have your like, okay, you have your stuff about being a vegan. Well, that's who, and that's, you didn't create vegans. You didn't, you, you, you know, you, you became a vegan, but you have your, you have your own reason for becoming it and, uh, taking, um, uh, you know, I guess for me in, you know, I have to apologize because, you know, I'm rambling, but, uh, I think what it comes okay. down to is, is that I love creating the gags. Yeah. I like, it's like, okay, there's Paul Mark, but when I turn the bag over, it says, help me. <laughs> yeah, it does. You know, and it's like, and cause I learned a couple of, I learned a couple of years ago that necess- it's like, do you do it's like did the ends justify the means this entire time i've been trying to solve this rubik's cube and i and it's like the you know it's all i'm gonna say on it before i uh completely lose track of what i'm trying to say is is that I start out with a concept and then I work gags into it and then I workshop it in the mics. And, you know, if you saw what the uh, Rubik's cube trick looked like when I first started doing it, it had none of the gags. I just put the Rubik's cube into the bag and it came out solved. And I was like, it's over, you know, 
you know, and I love coming up with the bags. Add on to your, yeah, you, you create a concept and you just build on it. Yeah. And I, I tell people all the time, you know, you know, Here's a question, Paul. Um, this may, uh, you may not have an answer to this. Does paper bag magic work in person comedy? Yes. Okay, okay. Because uh, you know, the reason why I asked that is because when we're doing Zoom, you're up close, like you're right there in front of my face. I can see everything you're doing. But if it's in person comedy, I'm in the back of the room, I may not be able to read your bag. That's no, why. Um... So basically what happens is, is that most comedy clubs are small enough to do. The sense. gag is there. The gag is there. Um, regardless, if I'm working a slightly um, bigger, uh, if I'm working a slightly bigger uh, venue, I... Um, will use a thicker sharpie and write help me on it okay i've never sense. actually had a problem with people not seeing the help me on it or uh so like i've done the paper bag magic and uh several times and you know a lot of people um they're like, oh man, I've never seen that before. And, that, and I was like, well, you know, that's good because it's, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> if you saw somebody else do it, they ripped me off. Those bastards. No. The first it, time I saw, not... oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. I was going to say the first time I ever saw the, the Rubik's Cube joke that you're referring to, not the joke, the trick. Mm -hmm. uh, you were a surprise headliner on Ham and Brian's Zoom show. Yeah, remember that? I remember that. Yeah, I was like, because I was watching the show, and they're like, "Surprise headliner! Surprise headliner!" I'm like, "Who's it gonna be?" I was so excited, and they're like, "It's Paul Kilmer." I'm like, "What?" And then you—that's—I uh, didn't know you uh, as well then as I do now, and uh, I was super excited to see you do uh, your magic, and you did that Rubik's cube trick, and I just—I loved it. And you know, that's. Um... Uh, I tried to, I try to always tell people it's like, well, that bit is kind of my signature bit. Okay. Okay. And I don't know if you've ever seen me do to like orange juice, the bottle. Oh yeah. I've seen that one a ton of times. I love it too. I love, uh, how you, when you, you explain the trick as you're doing it and you make it sound like, like it's fake. You make it sound like you know like oh i just put this in the bag and i just take it out of the bag but then you rip the bag open and you're like but where does it go you know why is the bag empty or something like that and yeah. it's beautiful i love it it's perfectly crafted your narration of it makes it even better like yeah that's amazing because i have um essentially what people don't understand is when i do magic for people it's usually for children yeah and people have described my show as just me getting into arguments with kids <laughs> i love to do this because i play a character where uh, the kids the kids start out trying to help me 
but I slowly just drive them insane. I can see that. I can see that. Like kids start off like I know how to do that trick, but then by the time you're 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 into the show a little more, they're just so enthralled in it. I bet. Yeah, and you know, and that's that that's that's how I do it because I even I've even had adults come up to me and what in here and this is again I tell this to my students. I used to do close-up magic at a frozen yogurt place. And I have a really funny story about that after this point I'm going to try to make, which I'm floundering. And basically um, the people who it's like, oh my God, you're amazing. Give me your card. I'm going to book you next week. You did magic at a frozen yogurt place? Yeah. Okay, go on. Um, uh, they, They would be like, oh, give me your card. You're so talented. I'll have you at my daughter's birthday party. Those people would never call. But who would call would be the people in the back with a scowl on their face with their hands crossed over their chest. Oh, interesting. They won't give you anything. They're not giving you anything. They're not reacting. You think they hate you. And they're just soaking it in. Yeah. And and they're the ones the you know, 75 year old grandpa who you thought hated you is the one booking you for his granddaughter's magic show. Wow. you know, in, in, in frozen yogurt, oh my God, there's a hierarchy. When I worked at the frozen yogurt place making balloons, um, you had all the, I called them old parents. You had all the old parents sitting, eating their frozen yogurt, and then a, a new family would come in and they would be fresh meat because they let their kids go and buy a large cup. And they filled it up and they let their kids and this was the crucial mistake. This was the fatality. They fill gummy worms, normal gummy bears, those weird bubble things that are in bubble tea, uh, crushed up Oreos, hot fudge. They would come back and these things would be filled. Like $16. Here's the thing. They charge by weight. Right, they do. I know. And you can see that like the old parents, they're just sitting there with their with their they're they're like sitting there like Gollum and the Lord of the Rings. They're absorbing the uncomfortableness because they know. So the uh, mom and a dad walks in with four kids. $55. Wow. Four things of frozen yogurt. Wow. And the dad got into an argument. The guy was very nice. I'm not going to mention his name, but the guy got into was it with the o- o- owner of the franchise. Wow. No, no. We charge by weight. We charge by weight. I'm not paying $50 frozen yogurt. Then you can go. You don't get any yogurt. And it's like, you could just see everybody in the store because new parents, they're like the military. You, 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 small cup, fill it up to the brim. One topping, but my one topping, you know, the dad's in the face. It's like, oh, I see two toppings there. Do it again, you know, and I don't blame them. I don't that stuff is expensive though it really is is. like when you put a bunch of toppings on it it can get pretty expensive 
but it, it, it was so nuts because it's like Get no one would up, say up. anything that we would just let the new people come in and yeah. every weekend the poor general manager is sitting there getting screamed at you had a weekly gig that's pretty cool yeah it was it I, I you know sometimes i had gigs but um it was it, it was fun um i just got too busy and, yeah. and the pandemic but, hit. but it's just like you should have seen the look on the face of these parents they were not happy. I made I did magic at a frozen yogurt place one time. Really? Yeah, I made a whole bunch of frozen yogurt disappear. Oh, you got me excited. Yeah, I'm sorry, Paul. That's okay. It happens. But in in that and that's the thing because, like, um, I remember a guy coming in, and he just. This guy had his entire, I like a, I, I don't know what you call like a, like a group of five or more kids is like a troop or a gaggle or like, like a, like, I like Athena's term kidlets. It's like a kidlet of children, you know, they come in. It's a tribe. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a tribe of kids. And like, he had it down. He's like small cups, uh, <laughs> one topping one topping and this guy knew what it was about he wasn't getting he wasn't getting um they weren't gonna get him and it's like when people you, you know how i work at a movie theater part-time and i stress part-time and um people come in and they complain about the prices of the movie theater and it's like literally been that way since the 30s yeah and then it's posted so it's like it's not like because so with like frozen yogurt, like you don't really know what the price is going to be when you walk up to the yeah. counter register. But at the movies, you generally should. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, and he, here's the crazy thing about it. When older people come in, I try to be as respectful as I can. Yeah. And they come in and they say, when I was a kid movies cost a nickel and i was like you didn't pay for those movies your parents gave you a nickel (laughs) minimum wage was literally five cents you know how long it took your parents to gain a nickel when they were working right you can't compare it to the nickels of today (laughs) yeah and it's like it's like you don't know how much you your parents just gave you like a couple of cents and you know, right? You, you don't, don't know what it took to. You, you 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 don't know what it took to get that. Yeah. But again, an, another thing is is that traditionally movie theater food has always been um, expensive. Yeah, expensive. And, oh, and yeah. it's been it, it's always been like that. When I was a kid, we used to load our backpacks full of candy and stuff and just sneak it in. You know, and honestly, I honestly think that's the best. I think that's the best way route to go. Well, unless you want to support the theater, Paul. Yeah, sometimes. (laughs) One time uh, I bought this drink and uh, and I put it in my backpack and it was one of those drinks you had to like take the top off first. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. And then you had to like put it back on and I guess they didn't put yeah. it back on all the way. And so I was in high school and everything in my backpack was soaked. That sucks. That sounds... Uh... <laughs> Bless you. Oh, man, I'm contagious. That's a show we were on once. I was on the Contagious comedy show this yeah, like, too. A week or two ago. I love Brooke. Not love Brooke. Funny, but the Friday before, I think. Yeah. I love Brooke, too. She's awesome. She is awesome. Oh man! So, uh, what do you have? Uh, what do you have going on? What, what's coming up? Anything exciting? Um, just you know, o- open mics. I, 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 and I've got to look at my thing. I'm going to be on the world's best laugh. Oh, I just did that yesterday. Yeah, it was and, really fun. Uh, I think I'm doing something with Kim Nash, the 29th. Okay. And I've been doing a lot of flapper stuff. Just their mics. You were really nervous about flappers. Yeah, and and I just, it's now to me, it's like any other. other Yeah, yeah, essentially, you know. And then uh, I feel like once uh, things open up and you're traveling around more, I think you'll get a lot more uh, big gigs just because of the Zoom stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm working with my friend Brianna and we're working on a press kit where I won't have to do as much work. I can just send people my video. Yeah, absolutely. You're amazing what you do. Like there's there's comedians and there's magicians, but you're like this crazy like hybrid of both. And it's just it's oh, yeah. what you do. I love it. I try I try and uh do um I try and do the best I can what I have to work with. Um I always tell people it's like, oh, you do the same like five tricks, and I'm like, Ben mow me money, I'll 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 buy I'll I have no problem buying uh magic tricks, but you know I've you've got five tricks from you. Huh? I've seen more than five tricks from you. I know, but that's how I, why I want people to donate to my Venmo. What's your Venmo? Uh Paul Kilmer two. Nice. Well you couldn't get Paul Kilmer one. Uh actually no. Hey. So many Paul Kilmers out there. I always wondered that how many find, uh, Paul Kilmer one and make them disappear. No. Have you ever saw anybody in half? You know what? Actually, no. Uh, because I was always kind of a close-up dude. But now that I'm doing more platform work, um, who knows? The sky's the limit. Hell yeah, Paul. I think you should do a thing where Rebecca's your lovely assistant. Yeah, I don't think she'd be too thrilled about that. No. No, honestly. Who uh, who are some of your magic uh, heroes? Oh, my God. I have... Uh, oh, Jesus. Oh, I have a lot of magic heroes. Well, let's go um, to the top few. Well, before I did comedy magic... I started with David Blaine. That's when I peaked. So I, David, because before it was David Copperfield and then David Blaine. And then you have Chris Angel. But I kind of like grew up with people like Rudy Kobe and 
Sylvester, the jester, and these big, these are characters. The amazing Jonathan is, you know. Oh, guy. yeah, I've seen him. Um, I love the amazing Jonathan. He's like one of my main inspirations. That's why I wanted to get into um, doing magic. And I told I, I've even told Rebecca a lot of times if it wasn't for the amazing Jonathan, I would have never even thought to combine comedy and magic together. Oh, so the amazing Jonathan kind of helped inspire the comedy part of it. You know, and, and interestingly enough, it actually started um, comedy magic has been around as an art form with, you know, you have guys like Tommy Cooper from the 50s. And if you ever get a chance to look Tommy up, he was a magician in the 50s, 60s, and the 70s. He actually died on stage. Wow. From what? Um, uh, and then you have, like, there, uh, um, Harry Anderson from Night Court. Very good comedy magician. You can look him up. Hey, so wait, wait, I, wait, wait, wait. Uh, is Harry Anderson his real name? Yeah. Okay. Um, he does magic uh, besides the acting? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he started uh, off in comedy clubs doing... You know, in uh, the television show Cheers, he kind of does like a little bit of magic, a little bit of like a... He's like a con man, but he does a little bit of sleight of hand, I think. Yeah. I gotta look him up. That's really cool. I did not know that. There's a lot, a lot of... There's a lot of people who started... Like Arsenio Hall started off doing magic what look it up he even talks about it <laughs> arsenio hall don knots uh don knots wow he was a magician um he was also Steve martin had started off wow. as a magician wow you have you know yeah, yeah um a lot of these a lot of people start off as a magician or a juggler and um you know because it helps you it, it it helps you learn how to act yeah and uh there's a lot of people out there who um um uh who's the guy um who who's the guy who uh, directed cloverfield that Anyway, a lot of those directors, they started out as magicians and, um, but yeah, I mean, you, ha you, you run, you know, it's, it's like it, everybody, it's like, it's not, you're not, it's not a closed circuit. It's just one guy influences the next guy. And, you know, you have a lot of, his, his name is Matt Reeves. Yeah. Matt Reeves. I looked it up. But um you know I uh that's that's so, amazing though. All those people that you mentioned, Steve Martin, Don Knotts, that's crazy. Yeah, Don Knotts. Um oh man, um Johnny Carson was a magician. Wow he started out doing magic. Um, 
But yeah, Arsenio Hall, he, you know, he, you know, he he came up at the Comedy Magic Club in California. There's a Comedy Magic Club? I think there is, unless it got it shut down. But then you also have the world famous Magic Castle out there. Where's that? Cal- uh, LA. LA, okay, okay. That's cool. Uh, Jason Alexander from Seinfeld is a world-class mentalist. Wow. He's a magician. He, he does mental magic, but, uh, you know, you got a lot of people who start off in one place and then end in another, but... Um, do you do mental magic? Because that's completely different, and that's also... Um, I do, but I do it in such a way that, like, okay... You've seen me do it before. You know the thing with the spoon? It's like I bent the spoon with my mind yesterday, but I can't do it again because I have allergy. I sort of have like a bit in my show where I tell people I'm psychic, but it's sort of like a gag. But right at the end, I do something that's insane. Wow. Again, that's a concept I work in and out of. Like, because there is this, there's a story I have. It's like when I was in community college, I once people found out that I had autism, I had a bunch of like psych 101 people. They wanted to interview me because I had autism and I convinced them all I had psychic powers. <laughs> I say, if you gag, you know, a gag on them, I said, yeah, I said, if you're going to perpetuate a stereotype, it might as well be a cool stereotype. I don't know how, if that might get me in trouble, but but I, t- I tell people all the time, it's like, well, autistic people are psychic. But because I'm a magician and I have certain skills, you just like that, I have a set of skills which make me a nightmare for people like you. <laughs> yes, Paul, you are very dangerous. Uh, Cole's very good at that mental magic. Oh, Cole, man. Oh, he's a beast and he's like what is he 18 he's like 16 something like that yeah he's he's a kid he's really he's good. going play you know that he's going places and i hope he really sticks with it because he's got some he's got he's got a he can take that set that he does and he can take that around the world because it's it's world class what he's doing and he, it works so well on Zoom. Um, it does. You're right. You're absolutely right about that. But I can see that same set working at any place. You know, that's the thing about magic is magicians were always scrutinizing. The, we're always scrutinizing what we do and how can we make it better. But his routines they're just mm, you know they're just good and I, i'm a fan i i love cole um i like ryan kane too um yeah ryan kane is, exa- is an example of a magician that's funny but i still wouldn't call him a, a comedian magician like i would for you oh i would yeah um but um i think what it comes down to is is it you know and again i say this to my students it 
you can get a lot of things out of magic. You have to, it's like um, when I was working on my comedy, um, what, in somebody was like, what do you want out of your comedy? Well, I don't think anybody knows, but it's like, I want to be able to just do what I do full time and get paid for it. And that's usually what people say. You know, so the goal is always... That's my goal of comedy, is to to live off of it. But, yeah, man. Um, I think that's a good goal in life for us, that we never have to go to work. Well, we say that until we bomb. I know, right? Well, I have to go to work, so I haven't reached that goal yet. Yeah. But I think when I'm selling out comedy clubs across the nation... Then I will uh, I will achieve that goal. Well, you know what the interesting thing of that, about that is, and I often I always ask people, I always ask other comedians and stuff like that. You know, it's just like for me, I'm super hard on myself. You said hard on. Yeah, I did, and <laughs> you know what? You would be remiss in your activities. Uh, you would re- be remiss in your job as a host not to pa- point that out. That's true. So you're doing a good job. I appreciate that. Uh, I agree, though. I feel like we are all our own worst critic. You know? But because I think about it, how many times does a professional go out there and, like, we're talking, like, national headline acts and they just can't connect with the audience. Yeah, I've seen it a few times. And it's just, and, and, and honestly, it could be through no fault of their own. It could just be like, you know, I talk to some of the people and it's like, there can just be what I can only describe as like a funk. Like the last comedian brought down the level of energy in the house or I don't even think you can blame it on a person it's just I always never understood this and I get this when I do magic if you don't want if you don't like comedy why the hell do these people end up at a comedy club yeah why why are you gonna pay (laughs) for tickets for a comedy club and then you're gonna sit there and talk to the people at your table through the entire show and then when i tell you to be quiet you get upset at me and you're not paying attention and the point of it is is that what it is it's like oh it's dinner in the show we came for the dinner you know and it's like red robin yum um Red Robin, our new sponsor. No, um, uh, <laughs> I wish we could have Red Robin money. You know, like, it is so. Those fries during the podcast. <laughs> it's right. so funny because I never understood that. It's just like okay, some people, um, okay, you know, psychologically, some people, um, and and I get it. Uh, you know, it's part embarrassment you're out with your friends and it's like, it's always the fun friend. It's the friend who doesn't realize how loud they're being. I don't think it actually, it's, it's, it's a 50, 50 split. And I, I think you'll agree with me is that 
okay, you, you, you have a guy who's had a little bit too much to drink. He should have been cut off five drinks ago. Let's, let's be honest, 10 drinks ago. Um, and he's trying to help out. And okay. So that said he's adding to the show. Yeah. That's one side of the, um, that's one side of the equation. The other equation is you got a guy who in his group of people is the center of attention and he thinks he can do a better job than the comedian, but he decided to become an accountant. So now he has to heckle the comedian because now he feels inferior. It's not even that it's people. Well, I mean, it is that, but also it's like a group of people drinking at their table talking about what they did at Walmart yesterday. <laughs> and there's a comedy show happening, and it's like, talk about Walmart in the parking lot after the show's over. Yeah. No. And and then you have, and sometimes people don't know. When, when, when you get a group of friends, especially if they haven't seen each other in a long time, they get excited. When people get excited, their voices go up. I wholeheartedly believe there are certain hecklers that have like, it's like, and I get it at the theater. Two people are having a conversation because they haven't seen it and they start talking through the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got to go in and it's like, Hey guys, can you please, you know, not talk to me? And they're like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I get that a lot too. Um, especially this weekend. Like I feel like D Ray Davis's uh, fan base is pretty, pretty cool pretty chill like yeah. anytime that somebody was talking go hey can we keep the voices down they go, oh i'm really sorry you know yeah. don't be really arguing with me this weekend yeah. sometimes they do though you know yeah but it, it's in and and again it comes down to the fact that if people think they're being embarrassed yeah it it's so it's like in my job at the theater i constantly have to use my customer service skills I have to use my de-escalation skills. So, you know, cause you got one, you got the person who came out and complained and then you have the people inside the theater and they're either being jerks on purpose or they're teenagers, which is that they're, that's a, its own subclass of jerkness. <laughs> I once had a, I once had a little old couple whose hearing aids were down and they were screaming at each other. <laughs> and that was uncomfortable because technically they're, it's like, oh, I'm sorry here. And they, they both turned their hearing aids up and it, the problem was solved. Well, then why did they even turn them down, you know? Yeah. But it's like, it's hard because technically that's a handicap. Yeah. And, and um, so it's harder for you to be like, hey, be quiet, you know, because it's like they're talking loud so they can hear each other. So here's a position I was in last week. We don't hear about your sex life. Well, I don't hear about your sex life. Um, I'm sorry. Well, you know what? I'm one half of this podcast. <laughs> and if I have to hear about your sex life, you're going to hear about mine. No. Right, um, Tell us about your position that you're in. Okay, so I got put in a rather uncomfortable position. We had an individual in a wheelchair who came up to me and he says, I believe there are two men having sex in the handicap stall. Wow. But I really need to go to the bathroom. Can you please clear the stall? And I'm like, okay. 
And I went in there and clearly there were two men. I says, it's like, can you wait out here? And he's like, yeah. There were two men having sex in this handicap stall in the bathroom. And I kind of felt bad being the guy because, you know, love is love. And I didn't want to be the guy. You know what, though, regardless of if it's two men, if it's two women, if it's a man and a woman, if it's a woman and a man, that's not the place to be doing it. Well, it was so funny because some part of me felt bad, but it's like if they had this guy in the wheelchair was so cool. He says they could have had sex in any stall, but that's mine. And I'm like, damn right it is. There's an episode about Kirby, uh, there's an episode of Kirby Enthusiasm about the handicapped stall. And it yeah. is, it's true, it's his stall, you know. Um, the honestly though, like two men, they really could have had sex in a smaller stall. All I'm saying is is that I didn't want to be a buzzkill. But also, I wanted this man to go to the bathroom. So, Paul, what and, happened? Uh, they were so nice about it. Did you just make up the stall? Yeah, they were just like, oh, my God, we're so sorry. They were apologizing to the man in the wheelchair. While they were naked? Or did they get dressed? No, no, they they, they got, they, they were quick. And, <laughs> and, um... Uh, I don't know what they were doing, and it's none of my business what no, they were doing. I mean, it's not, other than the fact that it was at your theater in the bathroom and you needed yeah. to clear that stall out. So that but, I, but it's just like I, I say, love is love. And the yeah. guy that's what the guy in the wheelchair says. It's like, look, I'm not trying to judge everybody, but this is the only stall I can use. Right. My wheelchair doesn't fit. And I, and, I, and I says, this is a hell of a position because me and the guy in the wheelchair, we didn't really want to break this up. Well, I mean, (laughs) what if a child was in there? You know what I mean? Like, they should not be doing that regardless. I don't know. You know, that's not the place to... to, to No, no, I get it. It's it's a, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, here's here's an example. It's not sex or anything. uh, But when I used to work in the hotel, uh, there was this situation where this person was smoking weed in the room. And he got a charge on his on his on his video smoking fee and he called the hotel and he talked to the manager and i was sitting right next to the manager and his argument with the manager was i have um a medical recommendation i am I'm legally allowed to smoke marijuana right that was his argument but what the manager said was sir even if you were smoking something completely legal it's against the rules to smoke in our hotel rooms yeah yeah, yeah, because, and, and again, um, you know, it's, anytime you work with the public, you know, when I worked at Blockbuster Video, we had a lady lock herself, and to this day, I feel really bad about this, because we had a lady have a, she had got into this huge argument in the middle of the store with her boyfriend, she locked herself in our bathroom and just tore up the wall with her hands. Wow. And um, my manager and I were on duty and we're on the <laughs> phone with 911 and we don't know if this woman is having a medical emergency. The husband left. <laughs> she pushed over a shelf. 
you know how hard it is to do it. She almost caused a domino effect to happen. Wow. She basically pushed over the shelf and we had to stop the shelf. And those she things are built to withstand like earthquakes and stuff. I know. And she tried to knock one over. And then she ran into the bathroom. And as she ran into the bathroom, she's knocking all the videos off. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, you know what, Paul? Like, no offense to you, but that would have been super funny if it would have just domino, boom, 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 all the shells and they all fell. Yeah. And, it, and it's like, you would actually have to call the home office because something like that had never happened at a blockbuster before we would have yeah. to close the store and get the other employees and in yeah that place dangerous you got to close the store yeah yeah and basically what happened is is they i was in the vicinity and i stopped the shelf luckily for me i was in the other row and i saw the shelf moving so i grabbed it didn't realize she was on the other side Wow. And then I, it was kind of like a tornado. It, all CDs were flying. This was after VHS. They were just dumping, and, they were just dumping, right? Because the shelf yeah, was almost. She kicked an end cap off the wall. There was a bunch of crunch everywhere. Did she get any, did she get any trouble? Because it sounds like she caused a lot of mischief. She locked herself in the bathroom. It took the cops three hours to get her out of the bathroom because she had the key. Single person bathroom? Yeah. she was like we basically had to lock the like the police brought in a negotiator my manager again there's you don't have um there's nothing in a handbook that tells you what to do oh yeah like people want people wanted a specific movie but yeah she was like a tornado she was whipping like the Tasmanian devil. And then she she wouldn't come out of the bathroom. So we had to use the bathroom over at CVS and, um, and she, she screamed from the time she got into the bathroom and and she put her fist through the wall and she was like pulling out chunks of she rock. And I was like, Holy crap. What? I want to know what the argument was prior or maybe I don't. (laughs) Yeah, you probably don't. Um, did you guys have to like get repairs done, like shut down for a couple of days? No, the the we, uh, the uh, the maintenance crew. There's a maintenance, uh, like a guy in a van came up and mudded up the wall, and they put a poster over it. And <laughs> it took us, it took us like it took us our whole shift to put just one shelf. It we had to put it back in alphabetical order. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You would have to like. And then if it was different categories on the shelf, you got to separate those categories. I'll, I'll never forget it. She bro kicked like a whole end cap full of bunch of crunch right off the, right <laughs> off the, and the, she did like, she did the big Hulk Hogan's big boot. She kicked the whole candy display on the ground. And I was like, wow, holy crap. I was like, we got to pick that up. And that's, of course. That's Paul. That's crazy. I can't believe that. Yeah, I mean, another thing at Blockbuster was um, there's a little old lady who would stand next to the Dropbox, and she would always want, she never, she, I was like, I don't want to go to the movie theater. So, like, say a movie like Titanic would come out, they would get gobbled up within the first couple hours, and she would sit there with her ear against the Dropbox. She would, she'd be outside 
and she would talk to the person. It's like, what do you have? Oh, Titanic. They would put a thing. She would run inside everybody in line. Wow. And say, could I have? And it was like, we knew the lady by name. Uh, So we had these decrepit old computers at Blockbuster. And at the bottom, we talked. When Titanic came out, this is a long time ago. Yeah. So basically, you would scan the person's card in. And we all, everybody in the store talked shit about the customers on the bottom of the page. (laughs) Like we could write notes to one another. Okay. Okay. And it's like, oh, it's Doris again. And it's like, Doris, you know, you can't cut the line. And it's like, oh, well, can you reserve? And it's like, you know, it's first come, first serve. And then she would try to, you know, she, you know, she would try to sweet talk you. And it's like, she was like, oh, it's like, oh, honey, sweetie, baby. And she was like 75. And it's like, get to the back of the line. I can't. (laughs) Please don't make me be mean to an elderly person, you know. And then she would just get mean. I uh, I used to work at Hollywood Video, Paul. We're rivals. Oh, nice. We're old ancient rivals. Yeah, we're ancient rivals. It didn't work out for either of us, so we're not. We can be friends now. <laughs> Yay! We were both Netflix. We agree on Netflix. Yeah, I know. We could just be angry at Redbox. <laughs> <laughs> I worked for Redbox, Paul. You did? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, well. I tricked you again. <laughs> hey, if people uh, want to book you for an online show or an in-person show, like how would somebody contact you? Uh, just through my Facebook. Uh, I'm very easy to get a hold of. You know that I respond within a couple of minutes if I'm not otherwise engaged with my job or, you know, spending time with my fiance um i'm pretty easy to get a hold of and um you know uh it's paul kilmer on facebook and um i'm available all the time on zoom so it all depends on when you want to schedule i'm very flexible so it's up to you hire me you have uh, do you have any upcoming shows to plug off the top of your head? Um, just the world's best laugh. I'm gonna have to get back to you on the date because I'm streaming off my phone and that's, that's where okay. the is it is it next Monday? There's they do it every Monday. It might be. It's I think it's May 11th. Okay, yeah, I think that's next Monday. But yeah, I'm looking so forward to doing the show. World's best laugh is streamed on Facebook. Uh, yeah. So if anyone wants to watch it, World's Best Laugh, it's it's a really fun show. I just did it yesterday, uh, probably two or three days ago when this comes out. But uh, it'll definitely be enough time for people to see your show on Monday. But so, yeah, I'm just teasing like a crazy person today. Yeah, well, is Athena still in the room? She's here. Hi, Athena. Hey, Paul. Woo. Woo. That's my favorite thing. Is that your favorite thing? Yeah, I knows? literally would just like to make a, like whenever I, like if I'm feeling bad in the day, I just text Athena and then she goes woo and I automatically feel good for the next five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Paul. Nice. It's like everybody's supportive <laughs> mom and I, that's, I'm here for it. Nice. All my babies, all of them. Hell yeah. 
Quickly by a theater. Uh, do you have social media, Paul? Yeah, I, I, uh, Paul uh, at Paul Kilmer on Facebook. Uh, Paul Kilmer two on Venmo. At Paul Kilmer five, I believe, is my Instagram or my Twitter. <laughs> I think it is too. I think it is too. I think you're right. I like how you know all my uh, th- all all of my uh, social stuff, and I have no idea what anything is. <laughs> <laughs> 